Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This is episode 244. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's me. Yes, it's me. I'm awesome. And with me, as always, it's my buddy, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master of Third Shift. It's my good buddy, Eric. And we're going to start the show off like we always do. Man, I was so not pumped for the show, and then we hit record, and I got pumped. And I got to say how awesome I am, and I got to introduce mm-hmm. you. It's great, and it's been a great day and a great week. And how was your week, fine. Eric? What you been up to? You're in your row. You're just rowboating into the weekend. Ba-choo, ba-choo. That's right. There ain't a problem in the world. You're carefree. You're like a sparkle vampire getting ready to meet your mommy tomorrow when you play this particular game that we're going to talk about later. Woo! Can't wait. It's going to be great. What a day. <laughs> what an absolute day. And, of course, you asked me, you said, hey, how's your week been? Well, uh, I don't know, you know? I feel like all the times now are just like slosh times. Mm-hmm. I don't know what time is. I don't know what days are going or what's happening. I know there's a ton of things I'm doing, various projects every day, but I can never recall them. <laughs> I go, what did you do? I don't know. I just did things. I did all the things. I did some things to this, some things to that. In real life, been working, obviously. That's, you know, that's that's a thing. That's, we don't talk about that on the show. We don't. We, no, we, don't. we don't. We don't. And then... On top of that, we've been uh, a little bit of stair stuff. You know, you guys all know I've been working on the stairs and and making slow progress, but we're getting there. We'll get there someday. Ben, oh, helped do a fence. You know, that was some cool stuff. So I had fun with that. Figured that out. It was pretty easy, actually, as I told Matt already. And I'll tell you, it's more just annoying because we don't have the right tools. So you got to, like, stretch it and hurt your hands, that kind of thing. But other than that, it's not that bad. It wasn't hard. But it was out in the sun, and that's not good. I got sunburn, and you guys don't know I'm balding, so like, man, it just really penetrates the skull. Now, for the people who don't know, Eric, uh-huh. you need to take the ing off of balding. It's official. You are just bald. I, well, yeah, pretty much. Pretty you're, much. You're, you're balded. I'm balded. You're not balding. I'm you just, have balded. I'm balded with like the scraggles. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got the I, scraggles. I, I don't want the scraggles. I, that's what I would be truly happy as if the scraggles would be gone. Because <laughs> then I could just be bald. But I still got to cut my hair every couple weeks or whatever. Because yeah. you don't want the scraggles to grow too big because then the crazy baldness appears and you're like, whoa, he's a crazy bald man. He's like a serial killer bald man. You know what? That might not be bad. I was just thinking about like, oh, like with like Doc Brown scraggles coming out of the little bald spots. Oh man, that'd be pretty good. It would be. It would be entertaining. If Running start... through the machine room. <laughs> <laughs> if you start sleeping like that, it might be end times. You know what I mean? You might not want to come to work. That's true. <laughs> oh, so with that being said, real life's been fun. We're ramping up, burning wood, doing stuff. Got the camper pulled out. We're getting ready for the old springtime, summertime camping trips and good times. I feel like I'm having a heart attack right now. Don't mind me. My chest hurts. Oh, it's killing me. Video game-wise, near replicant. Woo, I'll tell you. Uh, last week I was like, I like this game. And I know it's pretty cool. But I don't know. The side quests suck. I'm coming around. I'm to the point now where I'm like, all right, I get it. It's old school. It ain't going to give me what I need. You know, all the indicators tell me where to go. But I'm going to have fun anyway. So I've been pulling up on my side screen, like, hey, I, I need to farm these materials. And there's less you can go find where it just tells you where every single material is at. So I'm like, okay, doing this side quest. Whoop. Okay, northern shore and uh, eastern road. Okay, 
boop, 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 head over farm, turn it in. And the reward, because some people were, you know, well, and hey, the rewards suck sometimes. Sometimes they're amazing. We talked about it too, Matt. But the real reward is the interaction between Vice, Kane, uh, me, and Emil. Because every quest has some sort of little kind of like conversation. That's and true. those are the treats. That's the candy right there. The real reward was the friends you made along the way. That's right, Matt. You nailed it. Gosh, bless. That's why they call you the Sparkle Vampire, man. Right there. That's why they call Nobody you Nobody calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, for sure goodness. nobody calls me that, because I'm never positive. <laughs> Where anybody can see me, I'm always grumpy. I'm never the sparkle vampire. Oh, God, that's true. we got to change people's perception, that's all. And of course, I'm like Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Matt. Oh, oh, oh okay. geez, just leave him alone, just leave him alone, just leave him alone. Nah, we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. <laughs> the only other game I've really played in this last week is a little bit of Outriders. Uh, and not much, to be quite honest. I mean, besides the Friday that we uh, typically play, I haven't been on it. Oh, that's a lie. I did play Saturday with my brother. So a little bit of Outriders, but it's just been near Riper Clan. I'm over 20-something hours now. I really just in it. I want to get through that game. So it's it's been a good time in the gaming world, but, you know, to be frank, just not really in it. In it. There's just so much I should be doing, should be playing. I kind of keep opting out for anime, which I won't go into detail, but... I probably put more than 20 hours in anime this week, so it's just bad news, bears. Bad news, bears. What about you? Well, I feel like I feel like I'm in a sort of a gaming funk as well, even though I played a lot of games this week. I obviously play Animal Crossing New Horizons, play Outriders with you on a Friday. I've been playing a lot of Near Replicant as well, and just like you like the game and now you love it, I used to not like the game, and now I do really like it. I'm not in the super love it camp yet. Because I haven't gone back after the play session that got me to super like it. But I'm excited to do it, but there's too many other games out there, like Returnal, which also came out. I streamed a few runs of that. I did a couple mm-hmm. runs mm-hmm. off air. And it is a lot of fun, but I do see, I, I said it to you, you know, face to face. I'm going to say it to you, the podcast listener, right here on the airwaves. I do see what IGN was talking about with some of those runs, I won't say take too long. But the runs are very long. If you start from the beginning, you know, you farm around your first area, you go to the second area, you start doing your thing. It takes a while to start getting your weapon proficiency up to get the better drops so you can get better drops after you get better drops and all this stuff. And every time you go into an enemy encounter, which gets you the XP, if you can call it that in quote fingers, you still have chances of getting damage so that affects your ability to go further in the run i like it a lot but it's not something that's like hooking me every single day i got to go play some returnal you know i play a few sessions here and there and then okay i'll I'll go a couple days before playing it some more but i love the atmosphere i love the presentation of it i love every time i guess i I, it's not even a spoiler because all the reviews literally show footage of it Uh, i love every time the house shows up and i can go in the house and i go oh my god what horrible, crazy, scary thing is going to happen to me in this house. What is going on with this astronaut? What's going on with always trying to get in my house? Who who am I? Am I even who I think I am? Because I'm reading all kinds of stuff in the house that's making it look like I'm not even who I think I am. Oh my goodness, all kinds of good stuff. Oh, the mystery, the mysteries. So I can't wait to learn more about that and then get to even more biomes where even more crazy aliens with crazy shots are going to be crazy shooting at me. Because I got to that second area in the big wide open desert, 
which is awesome because you start off in like the confined hallways of the first place and then you get out and each room is just like a giant open space which you need because all the enemies are shooting out crazy patterns of stuff now so I can't wait to see what the next one is and how that how the enemies involve in that one and their shots progress and how you can move through that now just saying it now I do want to go play Returnal like every mm-hmm. single day see look at that now you're back on track <laughs> come on but one game that I did want to play every single day, and now I've beaten it, at least the main campaign so far, is The Outer Worlds. I streamed it over the weekend, finally got to the end of it, and oh man, everybody who missed out on that last stream, I only <laughs> I had one viewer the whole time, which was me. You all missed out because I got to the end, and it was it was so beautiful. It was my favorite thing. If you've been watching me, I get all my speech stuff up, my persuade, my lie, my intimidate. It's all, boom, capped out Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least as far as you need it to be for any skill checks. I got to that last boss. I fought through all this stuff. All this kind of cool stuff happened. I won't spoil too much of it, but I got to the boss. And the boss got on the little you know, little vid monitor and was like, hey, hey, Matt, I'm going to stop you. There's no way you can talk me down. And I looked at my little dialogue choices, and there was a persuade 100. And it was like, let me try and talk you down. I went... <laughs> why would I not pick this? Boop. And then it went through like two other dialogue screens without skill checks. And then that boss went, ah, nah, that's not going to do it for me. I'm still going to take you out. And this this person that I got hooked up, he's going to be mine and he's going to turn traitor. It's going to be great. And I looked at my options and then there was a threaten option for 100. And I went, Hey, you try to do something screwy, and I'm going to come in and wreck you. I, I, I tore through this whole area. What do you think I'm going to do to you? And then I had two more screens of dialogue. And then that person went, ah, you know, you might be a tough badass, but I know I got the backing of this other dude. No spoilers. And then I looked in that my dialogue options, and there was a lie option for 100. And I went, no, that dude's on my side. And then I had two more dialogue screens, and then that boss went, all right, you know what? You're right. I'm out of here. And I was like, this is perfect. This is why I love the game so much. Not only was the dialogue awesome all the way through, but I love that you couldn't just put all your points into Persuade because you had one option for that, but you had two more dialogue checks that you had to use Threaten or Intimidate and Lie with. So you couldn't just pump all your points into Persuade and get through everything because Persuade worked in that one spot, but then you had to do two more checks. I, uh-huh. ma- I I passed both of those checks. I got through the last boss with no combat, no nothing. That boss went, oh, man, you did it. You did it. And I walked to the end, and I went, hey, captured friend, come on out. We're going to save the colony. And he went, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. And then it played a beautiful newsreel of all my accomplishments in the future of the colony. And I was like, ugh. I did not a shot fired in the boss segment. I love it. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. <sighs> you got to love those kind of options, man. When uh, that is not nothing's better than that. Mm-hmm. Nothing is better than when you get to that kind of like a boss fight or arrangement, and you can talk your way out of it if you have the right skill sets, mm-hmm. if you have the right equipment, whatever the case is. If you have what it what it takes, you have options, oh, yeah. and that's super cool. I love it. And then even if you have those options, but you just want to smoke the student's face, you you can choose different options to do that. It's beautiful. And what I love too is inside a couple of those. You know, here's where the skill check is. There were other ones, too, where if you're like, your heavy weapons were up super high and you had something else, like power armor or something, you could bluff your way through it in an intimidate that wasn't a speech intimidate, but it was a, you know, look at my big strong arm and my big strong gun 
type of intimidate. It was really cool, really awesome stuff. And then I, I immediately downloaded the DLCs, so I'm gonna be playing through and streaming those at some point and just having a great time with the Outer Worlds. But then, you know, I got the itch, Eric. I was sitting there and I was like, ah, oh, you know, need to play some more near, need to play some more Returnal, but I really want to play something on my Xbox right now. I gotta, you know, I just feeling it in my hands and hearing the little clicky clackies of the buttons. I really like Xbox. What am I doing? Games Pass. What's been in my play later queue for a long time? And every time I look at it in that queue, I stare at it for five minutes and I go, I really, I, I don't know why I want to play this, but I want to play this. And I finally hit install on Mass Effect Andromeda. Cause and I don't it's a bad idea, because it's a huge game, and I'm already playing huge games, and there's huge games coming out, and too many games coming out. But for some reason, this was the time. And I got into that game, and I gotta say, it's all I ever knew about the game was it's awful, it's horrible, it's a joke. But then I watched some videos where it's like, you know, there is still redeeming stuff in this game. And so, uh, you know, we love the first trilogy. We love the original Mass Effects. Mm -hmm. How bad could it be? I'd say it's like half and half. Because when it wants to Mass Effect, it Mass Effects so hard and so good. The first gravity well, quote fingers, that you go down, it opens up like this whole Mass Effect-y area. You see these big, grand sweeping vistas. You hear real cool music going in the background. You're exploring some weird, unknown thing. Everybody's trying to figure out this and that. I'm like, man, this is Mass Effect. But then any other time, you're talking to like weird, goofy characters who have these like half-finished facial animations sometimes. Like sometimes it's just the mouth is moving and nothing else is moving on the face. And I'm just like, ugh. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the eyes are super dead, but then sometimes they're right on. Like the whole face is, it's alive and it's popping and the voice acting is really good. But then you go to the other character and it's just, I don't know, it's such a weird game. I want to get to the better parts of it because I can see it. I can see it's in there. Mass Effect is still inside that game. But the presentation is so half and half. Like the characters and the camera work and the positioning of it is just super bland. But when you land on a planet and you look out and you see the vistas and the sky and the stars or, like I said, underneath the ground, there's these big open spaces. It's so Mass Effect that I'm just like, this, just, how could it, how could it be this way? I don't know. The other thing that bugs me, and I, I won't go off on it too long, is, you know, you go to Andromeda and there's Salarians, Asari, and Krogans. And Turians. Mm. But it feels like, I mean, you remember what Garrus sounded like, what Rex sounded like, what uh, Morden Sola sounded like. They all sounded normal, but with inflections, maybe just in the actor's voice or a little bit of After Effects on top of them. They sounded like aliens. But in this game, 90% of the aliens all just sound like humans doing a human voice. And I'm just like, that's not... The first Salarian you meet is a famous actor dude. It's the one Indian dude who has been in everything. He's been in all the movies uh -huh. lately. And it's just his voice. He doesn't have like a Salarian tweak, like processing on it, nothing. He doesn't have a weird cadence. It's just him. I'm like, that's not uh -huh. what a Salarian sounds like. You talk to a Turian. I talk to a Turian who's got a Southern accent. What? What is what? this? No. So it's so weird because some of the Mass Effect stuff, it does really well. And then you'll go talk to these goofy characters who look goofy, who sound goofy, who just the, the presentation, your conversation is just flat back and forth camera shots. I don't know. I, I want to like it, but there's so many things that just pick and poke at me. So I see why people hated it when it came out. 
I don't think it maybe deserves all the hate, but it's still so uneven and weird. But I kind of want to keep playing it for some sick reason. I don't know why. I was just playing it before we got on the show. So there's something about it, I guess. I don't know. It's so weird, but I had to play it. I had to talk about it on the show at least a little bit. I don't know. It's just... It's, it's strange. I was, uh, I'm just I'm just speechless. You're a maniac. You know, you got all these good games, like 13 Sentinels. And you're going to go pick up Mass Effect Andromeda. You know, I, uh, I don't even know. You can't. Who are you? You can't who tell me. You? you can't tell me you're not at least curious about it. Like, you've never well, wanted to. I've always to... been curious yeah. about it. But I just never have time for it. You know, the, the perception's been that it's a Class B game. Mm. And... I have only time for Class A games. You know what I mean? This That's from the guy who says we need to have more Class B games, and we can't all just have Class A, AAA games. Well, I'm talking about gamers in general, not me. I, I'm a I'm a <laughs> side case. I'm a I'm a sideshow crazy person. I don't I don't count. I'm talking about in general for the gamers out there. You know, they need the Class B games, those games that you can rely on rely on year after year after year, yeah. not wait your stupid huge four seven year bumps in between games because that's not a great way to live your life just going oh i can't wait four years when the next one comes no it's great to have some fun easy bites every year all the time so that's why but for me yeah you know the the case is different so but i get it i get it but i don't get it you know what i mean well i I don't get it you just need to play 13 sentinels and you're never gonna and i'm gonna have to just just God. Well, you don't get it, and I don't get it either, because I shouldn't be playing it, but I am playing it because I had to play it, because otherwise I just would keep staring at it every month. What am I going to do on Game Pass this month? Stare at it with the cursor hovering over it. <laughs> you know you know my game for Game Pass is? Uh, it's called Tales of... Uh, the Tales of Basaria and Tales of Vesperia. Uh-huh. Those games. Every guy would go, I'll go Game Pass. I'm going to start something up fresh. Mm-hmm. And I hover over him, and I go... But I've been told they're not the best ones. They're not the best ones. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but I want to play Tales game. Uh-huh. I want to play Tales game. Eric, just wait for the new one. Just wait for the new one. Yeah, but I could like get caught up and like be be part of the Tales world. Mm-hmm. Nope. Stop it, Eric. Go go play the forty games you have already downloaded that you're supposed to be playing. And I don't, man. I don't succumb to the to the, that disease. I succumb to the other one. I just go turn anime on and don't do anything instead. Because <laughs> there's no choice. You just what's next in yeah. the queue? Click. Okay, I'm watching it. There we yep. go. That's just watching this one. There we go. Dead eyes. Ah, that's wonderful. Oh, it's 10:40. Time for bed. Doop, 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 doop. But that's what's kept me busy during this week. Lots of games, but not digging super deep into any of them because they're not just. I don't. I feel like I'm just. I feel like I'm just like a flouncy, bouncy fish. Like I jumped out of the water and I was like, I did it, out of worlds. Flounce, bounce. Uh, what do I do next? Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to play this. I like that. Uh, uh. What about you, Eric? I know you got something good that's coming out this week that we're going to flounce and bounce around on, right? Oh, you ain't, you're going to flounce and bounce in one time and then you can get hooked and you're going to beat it. Because Resident Evil Village has arrived, everybody. You've heard us talk about it. We've played the demos, had a good time with it, or at least watched some of the demos if we didn't actually play one of them or two of them or whatever the case may be. But it's here. It is live. We've both said we're interested in playing this one. As you hear this, it's out. It's a Capcom title. If you don't know what Resident Evil is, I don't even know what to tell you. I really don't. 
It is out for all the wonderful systems. You got PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, your Xbox, your Xbox S series, whatever it is. And, of course, Stadia, if you're out there rocking that Stadia, I am proud to see that they're not giving up. You know what I mean? It, it just puts a smile on my face see that little weird thing go, I'm still here. That's true. It. I mean, you know what? It's just like I always say with like wrestling companies. You shouldn't wish ill on anything because it's got no. more areas for more people to get some more money in the industry. So good on you, Stadia. I'm glad you're still around, but you're probably just not for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm in the same exact boat. But if it is for you, go check out some Resident Evil Village. You take the role of Ethan. If you don't know who Ethan is, he became a star in Resident Evil 7, where he went to this baker's village, and a bunch of serial killer psychopath family with mutation powers try to destroy him. Why is Ethan there? Well, because his wife apparently is part of the... What? No way, no. (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) I'm sure the name is called Baker's Village, but when you go... You said, he goes to this baker's village. I'm picturing, like, everybody walking around, (laughs) aprons, big old chef's hat, carrying a big loaf of bread. Bacon, bacon bread. there, Ethan. How's it going? Like, zombie busts up out of the bread. Oh, goodness. It's basically the Baker's Manor, you know what I mean? They got a bunch of little huts and outhouses and, and, and uh, what so, are those things? So there's Campers. Some rich bakers. They're making really, like, big <laughs> yeah. cakes and everything. They were rich at once, man. I mean, the house is big, you know what I'm saying? You, know, you don't get to have a little tiny house. These bakers, they were baking good bread until they went crazy and became the crazy bakers. Big old mutated re- cupcakes. Umbrella powers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe that's what the molded were. You know what I mean? Those little molded things. Oh, yeah. That was the bad bread. Yeah. It was the yeast that went crazy, turned into these molded. Bam! What an awesome horror story. There we go. That's our that's our million dollar idea right there. Uh-huh. We make it like a weird horror visual novel or something about because the yeast. I mean, yeast is alive. It's a living thing. It's alive. Now it just you get too many ingredients in that bread, and it just uh-huh. it starts eating you. <laughs> Yep, and then it comes to consume you instead. It gets confused as to its role in life, which is to be eaten as a delicious bread, Mm -hmm. and then thinks that you are the delicious bread. It was just all a misconception. You know what I mean? Ethan didn't have to kill the Baker's family. Spoiler alert. They're all dead. (laughs) So, with that being said, Ethan then runs away with his wife. They live happily ever after. Nah, that's not the way this works. Seven years later... Chris Redfield and his gang come busting in the house. Bam! Hey, oh gosh, golly. Apparently murder his wife, take his newborn child, Rosemary, and run off. Ethan has to go find him. So he goes to Transylvania. Ooh, what's in Transylvania, Matt? We Everybody knows what's in Transylvania. Crocodiles. Crocodiles, that's right. So some crocodiles and werewolves, they're here and they're ready to pounce. Ethan's got to go after him. He needs his daughter back. He wants to find out why the things happened to him, like his wife being murdered, et cetera, et cetera. So he goes in search of answers. And you will, in a first-person view, do just that. You'll go into spooky houses, fighting crocodiles and werewolves in a big village to boot. The atmosphere, the graphics, everything is fantastic. Resident Evil, like I said, I'm not going to explain it. If you just don't know it, Resident Evil is your psychopath. It has all the cool Resident Evil tropes in there. I don't know. The reviews seem pretty good, but I haven't played it yet because it's the day before in our world before it launches. So I won't be able to tell you if it's good in my own opinion till next week. But for now, just let it be known. The new Resident Evil's out. It's got the big lady that everybody's talking about and her little sisters and apparently like four big overlord vampire creatures, maybe werewolf creatures. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know because I'm not going to read the story because I want to play this game and I'm not just going to spoil it for myself. But anywho's, get out there. 
check it out. Resident Evil Village. Me and Matt are both uh, pretty hype on this. Matt's trying to hem and haul now at, at the at the finish line. I got so many but, games to do. It. I'm like a little flousy uh, fish. I'm just bippity boppity. You know how's how we're doing it. Ah. No, we'll be playing it this weekend. It's uh, apparently about anywhere from eight to fifteen hours, so it's a shorter game. But hey, I think it's gonna be great. I'm just scared. I don't want to be scared, Eric. I don't want to. Don't like, be. I want to like look in my darkened area here when I'm gaming over there. It's too scary. Uh-huh. That is true. Imagine me in my basement in the darkness by myself with, with the ghosts. ghost that already does exist. So it's gonna be entertaining. It's going to be great. I have a feeling it's going to be wonderful. And especially when the spring rains come and your basement oh, and floods, floods and the come. crocodiles are just swooping past your feet. Just Ooh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. When I feel something tingling in the water like a little fish nibbling at my toe, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Jeez, oh, Pete's. I'll tell you what. And, of course, when the water comes in and all the spiders, they rise up off the floor. Mm-hmm. So now i got spiders up on the tables and hanging from the ceilings on me. It's going to get wild. Now picture a fish jumping out to get the spider. <laughs> and then, of course, that's when, as we all know, uh, you know, Pennywise shows up. And he's standing over in the corner watching me, as he always does. And he tells me that I should come hang out with him. And <sighs> Here's a pretty cool guy. I mean, he's got balloons and stuff. What's better he does. than that? And when we all float down here. So, I mean, what's wrong with that? I don't yeah, want to You're not going to drown. You're just going to float. Yeah, it's gonna I want to float. It's fine. It's fine, man. What about you, buddy? You got a game for me? You got a game with Pennywise in it, maybe? Some sparkling eyes? I don't think it's got Pennywise in it. But I got <laughs> I got one quick hit on the release. Because this is a game I'm not going to look too much into because I do kind of want to play it. It's called Dull Gray, which released on the 5th. So yesterday as we're recording this, developed by Provodnik Games, published by Sometimes You, I think. Because it's one of those games where I've gotten two different information pieces from two different websites. So who knows? But it's out on the PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, and hey, it's out on PlayStation Vita as well. So give your Vita oh, some love. Oh, that sweet Vita. Man, man, side, quick side note. I don't have the Vita anymore because I borrowed it from a friend's mm. child back when I wanted to play Persona 4 Golden. I've been thinking about going to that man's child and trying to get that Vita off of him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like... I mean, I get it. Like, he was your cousin, and this kid has one. Hey, man, you want to borrow that? But it just sounds like you were like, hey, man, uh, hey, little kid, you want to come over? Come over to my house. I got I got a deal for you. Come on. Hey. I got a proposition. Can I, can I borrow your Vita? I really want to play some games on it. Uh, what the hell you want this for? What are you, what you, are like you doing? Candy. <laughs> you like candy, little kid? I got a bunch of candy. I'll trade you. Give you a bag of Tootsie Roll Pops. When you're done with it, you can have the Vita back. Okay. Oh, that's a good deal. That's not bad. Yeah, I like it. All right, I'm, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try it when I see that little kid again. <laughs> but this is a game called Dull Gray, which is a visual novel in the purest sense, in that it is mostly a text adventure that takes place on the right side of the screen. Left side of the screen, you got some atmospheric art. Not, you know, very detailed stuff, animated stuff, characters interacting. You get kind of like the, the theme of the scene on this side as you see the action in words play out on the right side of the screen. And what is kind of unique about this is it takes place in this kind of grim, restrictive future world where you play as a mother and a son. I believe they're going to the city to find out what job the son is going to take in the future. And he only has two choices. He can be a lamplighter, like his father before him, or a tally man, and that's it. So in this restrictive society, you only have two choices. And in the game, those are the only choices you have 
with which to interact with the game, at least at first. Like, you'll see the scene play out. Someone will ask the son, hey, so what are you going to be when you grow up? And literally, those are your only two choices. So you choose one. Usually the mother answers for the son, and then the scene plays out, and then you go to the next scene, and it's text and text and text, and you're, you know, you're getting the atmosphere of this world. They're having encounters with certain you know, characters or certain aspects of the world, but literally you as a player, your only choice is to choose Lamplighter or Tallyman when the time comes, which kind of puts you exactly in that boy's role. In That's his world. Those are his two only choices in life. That's your only choice in the game. I'm kind of interested in this one just for that weird angle of it and, you know, the dark, oppressive kind of story that's going on here. So I wanted to know more. So I went, man, let me search up some reviews on YouTube, see if there's any good reviews. Everything on YouTube about this game is from, like, really weird amateurish people. Like, there's no IGN review. There's no this. There's no that. It's, like, from people who have, like, two subscribers and I was like, well, let me watch some gameplay with no commentary, like I always do. It's from some guy who can barely even read the words on the screen. So I don't know anything about this game, really, other than the premise, what's going on. <laughs> There's like two videos that are like, here's how to get every achievement in the game. And I'm like, I can't watch those. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in a weird twist on the visual novel genre, I've heard it's not that expensive either. I didn't look up what the exact price was, but you're not going to pay a lot for this one. I've heard it also kind of, if you just speed run it, essentially, you can get through it pretty quick. But repeated play sessions offer you maybe a little bit more choice in some of your answers the more times you go through and find, you know, because if you choose Tallyman here and it goes to the next scene and then you choose Lamplighter, maybe that kind of splits off a little bit. You experience a slightly different story, especially by the end. So... If you're interested in a weird take on the visual novel genre, check out Dull Gray. I might check it out when it's on sale, you know, just kind of a pickup and and see what see what's what in this game cuz none of them YouTube people are telling me nothing. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's, it's going to be a sweet sweet surprise and you can speak English and you can read English, so therefore you'll have a better shot at this one. It's so weird cuz like not since the days of IG2G have I found a game with so little like reliable press coverage, like Screen Rant did one written review on it, and like that's it. Like who who, who who's playing this game? People are, I know. <laughs> why is nobody? And why is nobody professional doing this? It's so weird. Well, as you know, why? I mean, all the bigger sites now, you know, they just don't have the personnel and whatnot to cover all the stuff anymore. Because there's just too many games coming out. So unless the indie is shining, you know what I mean? It would. Basically, whether if it's in a situation where it's not even really an indie anymore, you know, because it's yeah, so yeah. well known or whatever, it's just it's lost to the sauce, Matt. And it's up to those weird YouTubers, etc., to fill the void. <laughs> it's so weird, but it it looks interesting. So if it's up your alley and you can find it on the cheap, definitely check it out, and definitely check out my favorite part of the episode. And it's my favorite week of the three-week rotation because we've got shift codes for Golden Keys in Borderlands, the pre-sequel. One of the greatest, one of the greatest games we've ever experienced. And we gotta get back into it. Cause I gotta be Wilhelm and you gotta be Athena. And you mm-hmm. out there in podcast listener land, you gotta hit up the Twitter, the Red the Forums, the Instagram, hit up your preferred shift code provider and get yourself some free loot in a fantastic game. And also Randy Pitchford did drop some keys in Borderlands 3, so check that out as well, unless it's expired already, which it might be. And let me tell you, you talking about freaking the pre-sequel which was an amazing game 
got me so excited, but it also has me so sad because earlier today, Randy Pitchford put out a tweet, and I'm going to read it verbatim, all right? I am told of rumors that Gearbox is assisting or co-developing another Borderlands game or a new spin-off game. These rumors are not accurate. Gearbox is lead dev of any future games in the Borderlands franchise or any Borderlands adjacent games with no co-development. He said that. Now that tells me that they got zero interest in ever letting anybody else touch the Borderlands franchise again, which is sad because Telltale did a flippin' amazing game in the pre-sequel was amazing as well it makes me super sad when you were reading that tweet to me earlier before we started recording i was like oh yeah here he goes and he's gonna say we're totally open to working with anybody and then he went mm-hmm. no we're not and we hate you and i went ah, but i mean i love what they do with borderlands obviously we love borderlands 3 all the dlcs the director's cut it's all a lot of fun but the best way to freshen up your stuff and have awesome fun cool takes on things that you and your crew didn't even think of is to we've talked about it before let yeah. these people take a crack at it let those people take a crack at it like we said 2k australia did a great job with the pre-sequel and then gosh golly telltale with my favorite piece of borderlands content ever made it makes me really sad to hear that they're not open to that unless he's just lying which which is a hundred percent surprise everybody poo, 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 poo. look we got mm-hmm. seven spin-off games in the works well i wonder though because of course the uh embra- embracer what are they called matt what's that group called Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's a bit now i know it's a bit you're not th- you're not that stupid because you actually do you actually do say it right now so i know it's a bit oh goodness so anywho's with them being bought up do you think that has changed something do you think they don't want to because uh, 2K still owns the Borderlands franchise, but with them now now being owned by a larger company, what you know? How's that? How's that relationship work? Maybe there's some kind of logistics in there that make it so they can no longer let others play with it or have it because 2K, you know, is like no, no, no. Let's sustain with you and you alone because it would violate something or rather since you're owned by another company, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I feel like also Gearbox would be smart enough to know that. Over the past number of years, there's been a lot of studios that get absorbed to a bigger entity, and then they get shut down, and then that entity makes another game based on their IP. I think Gearbox is too smart to let that happen. Mm -hmm. So even if, I mean, we talked about it when Embracer Group started up. Hey, maybe they can like rent out that IP to all these other cool developers under this big umbrella. Well, obviously that's not happening either. So, so it's a mystery to me. You know, I I just. I feel like there's something more to it because we've seen them work with others in the past, but with them now, well, with Randy anyway, coming out and saying, no, we will not be doing anything with anybody else except our own team when it comes to the Borderlands franchise. I just wonder, you know, what happened? You know, I'd love to just ask because it it does suck, you know, because now I'm like, well, that's a stinker because they're working on probably more DLC or something, which I'll mention in just a second. But (laughs) Now Nuke and Duke can never happen unless Gearbox Mm. themselves make it. We can't make Nuke and Duke, because if we do, they'll just sue us. Yeah. Man, I still got to get my button gear and get a hold of John St. John, because we got to get him on here and get him <laughs> talking to Randy about Nuke and Duke, okay? Mm-hmm. We got to convince the man himself, the li- the myth, the legend, that what we got is something special, and he wants to be on board. I mean, we got his signature here. We could totally sign some false documents that that's get him on the show. True. I mean, that's how, that's, that's how we get most of our guests. Oh, shit, cut that, cut and, uh, don't edit that out, would you? Please, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So with that little bit, that wasn't it. 
Because an hour later, Randy came out, and he, here, <clears throat> he says, More. We are definitely working on some amazing stuff that I hope will surprise and delight you. Plug. If anyone out there has skills to pay bills and wants to get in on some Borderlands action, we're working on the big one. Now, there's two things to unpack here. Mm-hmm. The first part, Matt, they're working on stuff that I hope will surprise and delight you. All right? I instantly went... What in the holy name of hell is happening with Brothers in Arms? Yes. We have talked about this game since the inception of this <laughs> podcast that we know that was definitively said was being worked on. And it still has not even had the time of day, a whisper in the winds, just these weird vague hints throughout the years by Randy, etc. That's it. What in the hell? I'm with you, because as soon as you started reading that to me before we went on the air, mm-hmm. I went, yeah, give me that Brothers in Arms. I got to know more about it. But then I went, and right now I just thought it. I was like, hmm, but things that will surprise and delight you. I would definitely be delighted by Brothers in Arms. But would I be surprised? No. Would the gaming world in general be surprised? No. Maybe not. Maybe maybe this is finally the other thing that you and I actually played. That disappeared to the four corners of the earth and poof, right? off to the winds. Maybe <laughs> that be Project so? <laughs> 1v1 is finally coming out. Uh, what would a, you know, man, just staying with this little bit, ba- little tidbit, what would that even be now? Because that is, is that something that's still wanted? Right. Is that something we think, you think would be successful in the market right now? I mean, you've got all these juggernaut battle royals out right now. Apex Legends, Fortnite, they're all duking out Valorant. Warzone. I mean, Warzone's a, just a beast, a mammoth. And granted, Project 1v1 isn't any of those. It's literally one-on-one, but it's in that same spirit. You know, randomly jumping in, one-on-one, get your rankings, go higher, 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 get your loadouts, etc. It's in that Battle Royale world. Mm. It's just a whole different take on it. I feel like it could be in an even better place now because there have been so many Battle Royales. And like you said, there's so many big ones now. Battle Royale is just a term people bandy about and know. Well, I mean, for me, obviously, there's Battle Royale fatigue. I don't want to hear about another one. Maybe that's the way it is with other people, too. So if you say, hey, here's a little 1v1, you don't have to deal with a 100 other people. Because I'm sure, I mean, there's people who win in Warzone all the time. But normal-ass people, I'm sure a lot of times you get in, you're doing really good, and then plank from across the map, you get shot by number 25 out of 100. And uh, you had nothing to do about it. But now you could just jump in and 1v1 and you know you got the skills and you don't have to worry about that hill over there. You just got to worry about running around with your one dude. It feels weird to kind of like pump it up as something cool because it's not really my kind of game. But I feel like it's it's its own unique thing. And in a world where there are so many battle royale things where it's just a mass of players all the time, it could be a nice little breath of fresh air of just one-on-one combat. You, you're dropping in and it's just... It's just you and this guy running around. That's all it is. And you're right in the sense, too, that uh, it's a it's a unique take. And on top of it, it scratches multiple itches. You get your battle royal type thing, but one on one instead. But more importantly, like I've been I've been hearing and feeling like a quake vibe in the world. Oh yeah, I, I've yeah. Been, I've been feeling like people are wanting quake and a quake like experience to come back. Mm-hmm. And that's the impression. That's the feeling I got when I was playing one v one. Yeah. And so I'm like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where they get a little scratchy from this side of the world 
in the uh, Battle Royale side of the world and bring and put something together that's awesome and cool. You got to package it, market it right. Because and we, God forbid, we know we've messed up with marketing before. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's handled correctly and that's something they can pull off. But is it even something? You know, because this is another thing we haven't heard any word on forever and ever. I don't even know if we were ever even supposed to talk about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean it's, it literally said, I remember reading the thing because we we're like, can we even say anything on the show? And it was there. It said, you can discuss it, but I don't think you could stream the footage is what the one mm-hmm. thing. But you yeah. can talk about your experience with it. Yeah, I remember that. But it still, it, it felt weird and it always feels weird just because they never did or said a word about it ever again, really. It feels like that's from the annals of third shift lore too because that was a whole nother world i was still recording in that other room over there when we were playing 1v1 it was it was it's crazy how long it's been since the technical test for that and no beta no alpha no nothing just yeah we had the we had the two different technical tests that was it yeah and the one had like just really basic bare minimum everything Mm -hmm. the second one had at least some really nice uh backdrops and whatnot yeah. loaded in with some extra options and that was cool you know they had a cool idea like you said it's not something i typically play but i was interested to see where it went or yeah. and remember we thought it was going to be an implementation in the borderlands <laughs> right and i'm still not 100 convinced it couldn't be because they're not they're still doing dlcs they're still doing all sorts of stuff here for borderlands they're doing the seasons and stuff well if you're gonna do seasons you got to keep coming up with new stuff it's so crazy that 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 all happened before Borderlands 3 even came out. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Borderlands 3 has been out forever. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it hasn't, but it feels like that's not old, but, you know, it feels like that's old. And so this, those two technical tests are even older than that. Yeah. It's it's nuts to me. I can still load Steam up right now. And, it, and it's right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> so, so with that being said, Brothers Arm, we know it's been working on. Who knows? They haven't said anything. This Project 1v1 was something that kind of was a drop in the pan. Haven't heard any word on about. But that leads into the second bit. It, it might not be either of those. And it isn't. Well, it could be, but it isn't in, in the context Randy's talking about. Because he says, and if you want to get in on some Borderlands action, we're working on the big one. What's that mean, Matt? Is the big one Borderlands 3? Meaning they're working on more DLC season stuff for it. Or is the big one the next Borderlands game? I don't know, but I'm also scared that this means Borderlands 4 because we're working on the big one. If you're interested in some Borderlands, we're working on the big one. It doesn't That doesn't say to me we're working on the next big DLC because that's something that you would say. Mm-hmm. We're working on the big one. The big one in a franchise means the next episode. The next one. And it kind of makes sense. I'm... They could be just a whole stream of DLCs. But if you look at the DLCs, they told little individual stories. And then the the next like punch of season two, the last bit of it was, surprise, little still alive. That was the big twist with quote fingers that sounds and feels like a lead-in to the next game, not a lead-in to the next DLC that explains that. That's what I'm worried about, is like this is the capstone and the big twist, which was a big twist to everyone but us, is like the big hook. And then in three or four years, maybe they'll get that interim DLC to get you ready and prime for the to next get you ready, one. Just like they did this last time. I don't want that to be the case. I'm terrified that that's the case, and I don't want it to be the case either. I'm really hoping that they've got a lot of stuff lined up for Borderlands 3 here. Lots of DLCs, lots of seasons, you know, 
extra content packs, but they gave us a bunch of behind the scenes stuff. They gave us the bit, the big twist. That's kind of what, you know, you did an ultimate collection. Here's all the behind the scenes things. You don't keep working on that, you know? So there's, I don't want it to be the case. All right, here's what I want. I wanted them to do something like Destiny's done, and take your big your your big game, and then just add on to it. And I thought for a little bit that it might be what they were going to do, because they announced all the DLCs and these new seasons. And I went, oh, maybe that's what they're they're kind of gearing towards. And then we were going to get nice DLC chunks, and we get the story told going forward in that fashion. Instead of waiting these huge, right. huge tons of time, you know, seven, eight years in between to get to the next story. But I didn't want that. And I thought we were going in the, the, the right direction. But here's why I have turned completely and I don't think that's happening. They haven't added any more seasons, festivals, holidays. They haven't turned the game in to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went with these two new seasons. But that was just, hey, here's the raid boss that was already there from the word go. It's the door that's been sitting there with the environment right behind it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it didn't get added in from the first place. Probably just ran out of time. So they chunked it into this. You got the Ava's side story. but it, And that's it was fun. It was great. But who knows? That could have just been a side story you were going to do in the first place that got cut in the original game for you know time purposes, etc. So I feel, like, I feel like these last two, you know, director's cut and whatnot were cool and fun but i feel it was filled with a lot of stuff that could have been made back in during the 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 construction of the base game Mm. and then of course obviously it wasn't fully constructed or else they had to put it in so put aside and then okay we got some time we want to add some cool stuff let's finish those side projects and other storylines we were going to do pop them in under the name of the seasons get a few extra bucks Players get some cool side story stuff and extra things. Everybody's happy. I think that's what happened. I don't think it was what I was originally hoping, where they're like, no, okay, we're going to add in this holiday, add in this season, add in this cool new thing. Here's another chunk of story. Here's this, here's that. I think they're doing exactly like they did before. Hey, we did have a few DLCs lined up, which is what they promoted the whole time. Boom, they're out. Ah, gosh, golly. Look at this side story here. Look at this thing we were putting together but never finished. Bloop, bloop. Here's that. Okay, I think we're good. We got like what three rotating things they do, the cartels and stuff. Yeah. All right, let's get to work, boys. Next, 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 Borderlands. And now we're gonna be in Borderlands Three as it is now for the next four or five years. I will say the only thing that does give me a little bit of hope is obviously they've been embraced by the Embracer Group. Maybe now they're funneling the money and the resources to get that to happen faster. And they are hiring extensively. Well, you were talking about it originally. I was I was thinking, man, you know, we got this. Man, I don't want to wait till Borderlands 4. Maybe the wait won't be that long because of the transaction there. Maybe they've got enough money to kind of churn and burn and keep going and evolving and make it not just a once-in-a-console-generation type game. Technically, you're crossing generations right now, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I hope that's right. And, and it could be, you're right. They are hiring extensively. They've been posting constantly about how they're hiring a bunch of people on board to keep rocking and roll with Gearbox titles. Maybe that's the case. Maybe there's going to be a whole team devoted to keep constructing DLC, to keep the story moving along, and then it's going to crescendo into Borderlands 4, which is going to be worked on 
over in this other room mm-hmm. by the Borderlands 4 team. And, of course, cross-referencing with those who are you know going to be doing all the DLCs up till it comes out. So that would be a happy medium where you're still going to get another couple seasons or DLCs or whatever you want to call it. And then on, as those are coming out, you get Borderlands 4 as well. Or the happy medium that I've always wanted and keep trying to push, and I think we pushed even in the origins of the podcast, you can just Far Cry Blood Dragon it. Do some standalone stuff that's PS5 level, you know, not a big full game. Mm-hmm. Miles Morales. Yeah, like two DLCs worth of a game, and just like, here's the sneak peek of where we're going with the next Borderlands. It's the mission to get to the rocket to get to the moon. Or something, you know, or to, to like break through the, the psionic barrier that she set up. And what are we going to find in there? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned for the big game or even just, you know, any kind of crazy spinoff they want to do. But you could do little, I've said this so many times in this damn podcast, you could do so <laughs> many little interim games, interim experiences from here, the big one, to the next big one. Even if they're not DLCs for Borderlands 3, little standalone, you know, smaller stuff. Give me more Borderlands. Give me give me more Borderlands more regularly. I want to see it like yes. stepping up and going. And that's what I love. I want more Borderlands on a more regular basis. Give me the stories. Just give me the like you said, it doesn't even have to be the main line. Yeah. Let's go see what Pickles has been up to. Have like a cool expansion with Pickles. That's it. Fun, it's goofy, it's ridiculous. It doesn't even have to necessarily tie into anything in the main story currently. You're just doing something with the pickles and maybe at the very end when the moon gets all jacked up and you, that's when it ties in. Oh, now now you know where Pickles is at as of the whole Firebird thing. Or what if you had this character who was going to be a DLC character, but we could only make like one skill tree for him. We didn't have any really good ideas. How about that's the character you play in this standalone DLC type experience where you know what the vault hunters are doing. What's this other vault hunter doing? Because there's always people hunting vaults. Maybe this guy on this side of the planet's going to doing his own thing. And on top of that, they've experimented with this before. You don't even have to be a vault hunter. Tell a detective noir type story. Yeah. Tell an adventure. Have hell, Yakuza like a dragon. Do like a little silly little RPG <laughs> inside your game yeah. for one of the expansions or something. It's just a seven, eight hour, six, five, six hour even just tiny adventure that has nothing to do with nothing. Co- using completely different, you know, stratosphere of, 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 of gaming mechanics. Mm-hmm to tell a fun little story in the Borderlands universe. And this not only would be super fun and cool, but it would also expand your skill sets at Gearbox because what have we also always talked about? We want we want them to make something new, something different too. We love Borderlands, but I'd love to see them tackle something new. Go after some kind of cool uh, action game or platformer or do something you know neat or different. Or tell a story. Do an RPG. Mm-hmm. Do a Gearbox RPG. How fun would that be? You know, the characters they come up with and write are so flamboyant and crazy and wild and out of this world. I would love to be cackling and laughing at all sorts of conversation being had between my party members in some weird eight-hour RPG mm-hmm. in the Borderlands universe. You could do those, like the Penny Arcade games. Those were mm-hmm. little you know, few hours apiece in this weird kind of universe that they created. Just drop little Borderlands experiences. I'm with you on that. I, I, I got to see more Gearbox stuff more often because everything they do has been a smash hit. I've loved everything they've done. I mean, even going back to freaking Brothers in Arms. I love playing Brothers in Arms. That's what got me more open to playing Borderlands 2 with you when it was starting to come out. Aww. What about you out there in podcast listener land? Are you with us? What do you think Randy's tweet is referring to? 
And then also, what do you want it to be referring to? Is it is it two different things? Is it the same thing? Let us know via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Oh, indeed, you can find us over there at the old Facebook, rocking and rolling. You can also find us over at Patreon, retreated, just like a little tip jar. You had fun this episode, had a good time, smiled, laughed, whatever. Hey, consider heading over there, throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, a million bucks. Yes, that million bucks. I'm telling you, the Food Lion store will open. Me and Matt will become managers It'll and store owners. It'll be so cool. It'll be babies in jars. They'll be freaking the unpatented but soon to be patented Cold Cox products sold to you. If you don't know what that is, go figure it out. Watch some episodes in the past, and they'll tell you all about it. It's a crazy good product that I'm sure everybody could use. That'll only come true if we get that million dollar donation. Until that time, sorry folks, you're going to have to just go unprepared in the situations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and of course, you can listen to our very next episode, which will be dropping on the 13th of May, the day before my Regal Cinema's finally open. And the very next day, I'm just going to be at the movies all stinking day. And you can find that episode that I'm talking about before the movie celebration, because I just realized that today. I was looking at the calendar. I was like, oh my God, it's just a week away. Hooray and hallelujah. But you can find our episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. And hey, out there, I see you on the Patreon. I see your two mailbaggy questions, Player X. I saw them, and we were going to answer them here, but we kind of got carried away in rambling and ranting and having a good time. So... Be expecting an answer on some of those. Maybe next time, I'm going to try and work them in. I'm here for you, Player X. Don't, don't leave us again. You're, you're back in the boat. We're rowing down that river. Sploosh. I just, let, I just want the quiet sounds, Matt. Just, just enjoy doing down that river, you know? Oh, look. Matt, look up. See the stars up there? I see them. Man, I see five stars, don't you? You see five stars? I see them. One, two, two three, three, four, four five. five. That's someone out there, man. They they rode in and they gave us a five-star review on this little lonely river that we're floating down on. Could be you, listener. Could be you. You want to let us out here? Abandon? Cannibals? No stars to guide us? <laughs> I don't think you do. So consider, consider a five-star review to help guide our way. On these unsettled seas. Thank you. And with that, there's nothing else to say. But. Don't forget to say. Shut up and sit down. Wait a second. A new opponent has interrupted the tournament. Hey, dude. I would have scratched your truck by now, much you just repair it. It's on the front fender, driver's side. <laughs>